Welcome back to the Hacking Autism Podcast, the podcast all about making autism your unfair advantage. I'm your host, Kelsey Terry, and today I'm joined by my better half, Tyler Terry. How's it going? And today we're going to talk about what it means to cope with COVID-19 when you're living life on the spectrum. And so we're going to have a little bit of a Q&A talking about what life is like on the spectrum with shelter in place rules um, being implemented where we're located. So before we get started, uh, we'll set the table to talk about where we are. Um, first of all, we're in Minnesota within the United States. We have a global audience, so want to be considerate of those people. We are dead center in the middle of the United States at the very, very top. Um, and so we're just coming into spring right now. And um, and so I just wanted to set the table kind of with that before we kick it off. So with that, let's talk about life under lockdown, Tyler. Let's do it. So um, what does daily life look like for you in lockdown? So I work at a company that has a couple hundred employees. And right now it's a software company. So we are able to work at scale remotely, which has been really a huge blessing because I know so many people are without work and... And then you are working from home, kind of on and off, doing a little bit of video creation. Correct. What's it like for you? Um, it's been uh, it's been very hard to get a routine going, um, but I'm just kind of taking it one day at a time. Um, I am able to go into work um, uh, through, with very limited hours to make uh, videos, um, and. Yeah, and then coming home, and we, we've been doing a lot of Netflix and, and chilling, but that's kind of getting to be a little mundane. <laughs> um, and we've been going on a lot of walks with our dogs. We have two dogs, and um, we've also been kind of dreaming about the future, too, um, about maybe if we want to live in a warmer climate rather than uh, in Minnesota. And, yeah, that's kind of what we've been up to. Yeah, it's been a lot of, um, I mean, I, I'll start my day with meditation. I might go for a WALK with my two dogs. She's much more disciplined than I am. And uh, and then start the work day, take a long lunch, make sure I'm eating a healthy lunch, um, because I do find that the quality of my food um, does impact the quality of my day. So it's been a lot of uh, farro grain bowls with spinach, raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, strawberries, um, with like a nice vinaigrette so that's usually my lunch and then we sometimes splurge with dinner and uh, but we always make sure to get out of the house and um and so but we haven't been seeing um our friends we have, are not seeing our parents right now tyler's parents one one works in a clinic yep. and so we're cognizant of that and rethinking what easter looks like as well yeah. um yeah what is today's date? The 11th of March? Yeah, so tomorrow's Easter. So just for some perspective, because this will naturally be published later. So Easter's coming up and thinking, like, what does Easter look like when it's not wise to be with your parents that are a bit older um, or your siblings that, you know, have children that are, you know, potentially at risk? So... Yeah, that's, that's what life has looked like so far. It's been a, a huge shift um, instead of a 40-minute commute each way, right? My, my commute is five feet through this wall um, from my bedroom to maybe this six office. Maybe six and a half. Maybe six. Um, and it's, it's been a huge like muscle shift. It's like it's building a new muscle of this idea of like how do you build social in when 
you didn't necessarily do anything wrong. I'm not necessarily sick. I'm not sick. Um, I didn't get laid off, but yet we are all at scale in this situation. So it's been challenging for me to just cognitively reset and say like, I didn't cause myself to work at home. This is a global situation. And that's been helpful. Now, um, have you have you liked um, working at home? I would say I love having the opportunity to eat lunch with you and to get 80 minutes of my day, my commute back. Um, I I miss the, the social interactions that happen at work because I'm definitely an extrovert. So that's been a bit of a challenge to go to, you know, having to text people or FaceTime people, or we've done uh, Google Hangouts with friends to play board games, Jackbox TV, um, games online. So it's definitely forced me to think I am usually closest to people um, as a natural consequence of proximity. So like for hanging out, like that relationship happens, but I'm not great at proactively reaching out and say, and texting, calling, doing FaceTime, because usually I've always been able to like be in someone's presence, but now with shelter in place uh, being followed, that's like really just not possible. So it's definitely forced me, it's exposed me to a big weakness of mine when it comes to pursuing friendship proactively. So with all this time being, you know, here here at the home, um, we're with each other way more than, you know, we used to be because just because of the situation. Uh, do you, how do you think that's impacted our marriage? Yeah, I think it's impacted our marriage in a positive way in terms of we love to go, go, go. And we have great friends that we share together and we have our respective friends as well. And I think it's forced us to slow down and stop and say, um, you know, basically to spend that time with one another where we would have, you know, come home from work, eaten some dinner, and then quick go into the car um, to up to St. Paul or down to Lakeville to go see friends. It's forced us to say like, okay, well, that's not on the table anymore. We can't go to an art museum. We can't go to the movies tonight. And so I think it's caused us to have way more talking time because there's only so much Netflix you can watch. Yeah. And and then that's challenged us to dream one in like in a big way in terms of like where we'd like to live long term, potentially someplace that's not the top of the United States. And, um, and then short term in terms of uh, you've been doing a lot of videos. And yep. so that's something that I really enjoy, as we can see with this podcast. And so it's been great to see some of this like new overlap that I don't think would have happened if we had continued to live our life at 100 miles an hour. Agreed. Agreed. And um, kind of shifting from us and more back to you, um, what's been the hardest thing um, with being on the spectrum in lockdown? Like, what, what do you think has been the most challenging thing that you've seen, um, you know, having autism and just kind of being in a very confined space? I would say uh, this is probably no surprise to any of the listeners or the viewers of this podcast. I would say the obsessive focus component, which I definitely believe is a strength and it's like my, my secret autism muscle that's allowed me to succeed professionally in life. But this idea of being obsessively focused with COVID-19, watching the daily numbers come out of of the deaths, of those that are infected, of those that have recovered on a state-by-state -state basis, country basis. Um, and so it's been really, really hard to not go down like the, the wormhole of, 
you know, the 18 miles you could go deep on what the cure is, how to best handle it. Should you wear a mask? Should you not? Rubber gloves or not? Um, should you go to the grocery store at all? Like, so there's just like that whole rabbit hole that I think anyone can go down. But I think because of an like a spectrum focused mind, you are really, really capable of like taking that to the nth degree. And I think that's dangerous. You should definitely be informed. But there's so much that we as a as a global community have no clue about this virus as of right now. You know, we hear things about, you know, it's really bad. It's not so bad. Loss of smell for some people and taste. And so it's ever evolving. So it's not as though you could research it the way that you could World War II, where it's very definitive and you can just do that deep dive. It's ever evolving. And so I do my best to not get read in on it. And I try to get my news um, through like comedy sources because, right, they're giving you an update at a high level, but they're doing it in a lighthearted way um, versus like, we're all doomed. This is the worst thing ever. And just allowing myself to go down that hole. So do you, um, since there's not a lot of information about it with being on the spectrum and like obsessing over it, does that cause you more fear? Absolutely. Definitely. And then I think that then gets to a place, it can go to a place of sensory overload. And like, I have good days and bad days of like, I crushed it. I didn't look at the, the news today. And there are other days where I definitely go down the the click hole of Google. And, and then that causes sensory overload where everything feels like the worst. It feels like we're never going to come out of this. It feels... Um, unfair that, you know, millions of people um, are out of their jobs. We don't know what the economy is going to be like. So like, it's just like that can just cause great sensory overload and being flooded, which then translates into you and I interacting and my being more short with you than normally, because it's just all, everything feels almost electrified because the stakes are high and there's so much that we don't know. And I think as Westerners, we love to know, we love to have an expertise. And this is just one of those situations where it's made clear that we're not in control. Um, And it's definitely made, us more proactively talk through our faith and like, what does that look like in the context of this big unknown? How do we walk in faith? And what do you think the world will look like after COVID-19 in regards to uh, the workplace, um, just being able to travel and just doing all the things that, you know, we like to do, like going out to eat and, you know, um, being with friends. And what what do you think is going to be the biggest impact from this? I think it's going to prove out at scale that work from home is really possible for many of the um, more old school corporations that require your butts to be in seats every day. So I think it's going to recalibrate that because we got thrown into a giant experiment of like, can we function as an economy at home? And so I think work from home is going to be more tolerable. Uh, in terms of travel, I don't know if we're going to book any major travel plans, at least in 2020. Mm-hmm. I think we were hoping to do something in New Zealand or in Thailand, but that's kind of out the window now with this question of like, could it come back in the fall? What is wisdom? We don't want to, uh, we already had to cancel a vacation. Uh, to Arizona, to the southwest side of the United States. And thankfully, we were able to get all of our um, money refunded for that. But what I think life will be like 
on the positive side as well, just to like further expand upon that, is what I've seen in out in the world is people are far more friendly. They're proactive. They're, yeah. they're greeting each yeah. other. Strangers are, are are waving, and I'm seeing you know elderly couples you know at their front door you know doing this and and saying hey how are you doing are you hanging in there. And that's something I've never seen. Uh, we live in yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. We are known for Minnesota nice, and we're known for being more hospitable. And I've never seen this level of compassion amongst strangers. So it's my hope that we carry that forward where, you know, we are this global community and we're all trying to do the best we can to uh, get our social interaction, be safe, we, you know, protect ourselves from germs, love other love others by not, you know, meeting with the elderly or those that are mm-hmm. older or at risk. And like, it's really bizarre to me that the most compassionate thing that you can do is to not be in the physical proximity of those that are oldest. And that to me, it just, it feels almost like this invisible war that we're fighting, yeah, totally. this silent war of like, well, you want to care for grandma and grandpa, but the most loving thing you can do is, you know, you can call them or get them groceries. But it's just, it's strange that we're in a place where like the liberties that we have taken for granted are no longer available to us, where we can't go to the art museum or see whomever we Mm -hmm. want, whenever we want. And speaking of more lighthearted things and just um, just a more positive spin on things, what do you think has been some of uh, what's been like one really funny moment that you know we've had uh, together? I have a confession to make. We binge watched um, on the lighthearted side. We binge watched a show called Love Is Blind. Um, it's not a confession; it's a proclamation. And the concept of the show is that basically, like, is love blind? And these couples, air quote, date on reality television um, without seeing each other. And they establish that relationship. And so I think it's like a better version of The Bachelor. It was awesome. I loved it. But we watched that in like a day and a half. And um, and there were just like some really funny moments where like the guy was just came off a bit creepy but like he was like profoundly in love and we just like we were we laughed so hard we cried like a minute it was it was was hilarious it was well needed in Mm -hmm. in the context of like covid news 24 7 and so that was that was really fun and we tend to go towards more like dramatic intense shows oh totally at like ozark or um more like intense documentaries so this was it was a great change of pace um, just to have some laughs and like, I don't know, witness human psychology play out. And so that was, that was like a really fun moment because we don't typically watch a lot of romantic stuff. No, together. not, not at all. Um, and what do you think is something, um, what's a piece of like encouraging advice, wisdom that you want your listeners to, uh, to take away from, you know, like there's a lot, yes, there's a lot of negative going on. There's a lot of fear. But what's something encouraging about this situation that you want them to know? Sure. So what I would encourage all the people that are watching or listening to this um, is that this is a, a great opportunity for us to learn, right? Like, I mean, I think every situation is an opportunity to learn. But right now we're in a global moment where we all want social interaction, or many of us do, or 
it, you know, we are prey to, you know, obsessively focusing over the news because we're worried about it. And I think it's a unique opportunity for all of us on the spectrum to grow through it and say, okay, I know my inclination is to obsessively focus or I might be flooded and I might be overstimulated um, and that might cause a meltdown. So like knowing that about ourselves, right? Knowing our kryptonite, I think allows us to be a little bit more gracious with ourselves and hopefully our loved ones are also more gracious to say, you know what? This is hard on everyone. This is particularly hard for those that like, really struggle with you know sensory overload and so i would i would encourage all those that are listening and watching to see it as an opportunity to really grow um because what all what other choice do we have if we if we're bitter and resentful towards the situation that's like i mean again it's deployed at a global scale you know you can either get bitter or you can get better and so that would be my encouragement is to take this time to pursue a new project or pursue that passion of yours of of drawing or learning more about world war ii or submarines any number of topics right um this could be a great time to do that obsessive research that's not related to covid19 or it could be an opportunity to say hey i'm not great at reaching out to people and no one can really be with people if we're if we are respecting those orders so then how could i grow in this new opportunity so that would be my encouragement so kind of in the same vein um what is something positive that will come from all of this so when this is all over hopefully sooner rather than later when all this is over what do you think the world's going to really take away from from this like something super positive um do you understand what I'm absolutely asking? i think if i look back at what the united states was like after 9 11 in 2001 there was you know this shock and this horror um and then after that like the shock and the horror kind of wore off in some ways we we band together as a country we really um, there was like a, a sense of national unity and that was one horrible day where thousands of people died and now what we're looking at is something that's many months and it's a global thing it's not isolated to your wealth it's not isolated to your race or your location it's really non-discriminative um, non-discriminatory I think is the word and and so what i'm hoping for is that because this is so much bigger than a 9-11 that we as a world really come together and say we are all in the same boat and and that there would be more compassion among strangers that there would be that sense of community that i've experienced at the grocery store or going for uh for walks and so that, that, that's my hope is that we carry it forward and that those that live in Western countries that we would appreciate all the liberties that we have at scale and we've never really had to give up any of those liberties, but now we are in the name of you know public safety and I think it's the right call. But I, I hope that we go forward really appreciating the fact that like we can go to restaurants and mm -hmm. museums yeah. and to movies and or what summer is going to look like now that we can't have barbecues together so my desire would be that there be a global sense of gratitude and a sense of unity absolutely well uh, that's um it's kind of all i had i mean um do you have any other things that are really on your heart that you want to 
share with your listeners? Yeah, I would just say uh, in summary that we'll get through this together. And if you have a a best tip or something that you've kind of unlocked as a best practice, um, feel free to jump on the YouTube channel if you're watching this and comment below with what's your tip then? I would love to hear what you have found as an unlock to get through this time so that we can share that knowledge and get better together. With that, I'm going to wrap up our time. Thank you, Tyler, for asking all the great questions. No problem. And I hope that you guys all stay healthy and happy. We'll catch you guys next time.